0: You're listening to The Deep Cut, a podcast by Atlanta Christian Church, hosted by lead pastor Derek Swetman and community and spiritual formation pastor Joel Mooneyhan. Each week, we take a closer look at the history and theology surrounding the week's lectionary text to give you a deeper knowledge of God's word and what it means to us today. We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy what you find. And now let's get started. It's not, uh, not going to be live when you hear it. It's not actually it's like live. We're
1: not live streaming. It's
0: Check. It's not radio. Okay. <laughs> I, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think
2: I'm just making sure it's working. It's okay. going to drive somebody crazy. Yeah, with it's the, not. Uh,
0: what is it? ASMR? <laughs> They're going to go nuts.
1: I love that.
2: Okay, with that, <laughs> welcome back to another Deep Cut Podcast. <laughs> I'm Derek. My friends uh, with me here are Lindsay and Joel, as always. It's one day we ought to have a guest. On here,
0: so I can not do this. Invite somebody off the street from the street.
1: We'll bring Alex. Hey, Alex. She can, she yeah, can contribute.
0: get one of the guys weed eating across the street. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to come in here and talk about the Bible with us? Yeah, well, I'm gonna pass on that.
2: So, okay, well, so our text this week is First Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. So, not a long text, but a kind of a weird text, mm-hmm. and um and Paul we skip chapters too the lectionary skips over yep. what appear to be more thanksgiving passages right so i can see why they skipped over we don't need to do another round of thanksgiving Boring. yeah here's and, another section of paul thanking them like, yeah
1: and live this way
2: yeah so we get straight into like a deep issue <laughs> which which Joel's going to read in Dive just a second right in. but we get into this deep issue of people who have passed away before Jesus's return. This is the question that Thessalonians have on their mind. Yeah, and so we get to talk about uh, death and resurrection, and um, you know,
1: what comes next.
2: End times. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. So Joel read away, and then we'll, we'll get started.
0: Yeah, First uh, Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen. Paul says, "But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope." And uh, we who are alive, who are left, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. What?
2: Right? <laughs> well, let's start with the easy part. It kind of goes from easy to hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first part, Paul talks about those who are asleep, which is really a soft metaphor for... Dead. They're dead. Yep. And so the issue here is people in the Thessalonian church's sphere, some have died, some have passed away, and they're concerned about, uh, well, Jesus didn't come back before they died, so what happened to them? And this is Jesus's fault, because (laughs) Jesus said a lot of things, or several times. Some stuff he said about his return made it sound like that it would be very soon. Mm -hmm. And so... um, clearly some of that teaching is is
0: impacting their um their fears yeah. and so, when your frame of reference is eternity soon can be very long time away it's well, true like they're yeah so i always, we,
1: I always think of uh, in my russian cities and and being over there that in russia they have different terms like if they say something's going to happen soon or they'll be there soon that doesn't really mean soon it could be Ten minutes, it could be ten hours. But if they say soon, soon, that means actually soon. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just a random. thought. Soon, soon, soon.
2: That yeah. works here in America too, because we'll ask my son to take the trash out, and he'll say, "Yeah, in just a minute." Yeah. And then two days later, it's <laughs> it's still piled <laughs> sure. high. Yeah. Just we, a second. No. Get around to it now.
0: <laughs> Immediately.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna count down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the. That's the foundation of what Paul wants to speak into. Is that there's a concern um, of what is going to happen to those people? It seems silly to us, mm-hmm. but to them, you got to remember. I mean, they're still in the in the wake of the resurrection. It's still within what we would say living memory. Mm-hmm. People were alive, still alive, who witnessed that or were privy to that. So this isn't like us reading this now this is like there's overlap well and and there
1: and there wasn't there too around that time like because of the way jesus talked about his coming back being this idea of soon or you know in this age that people were kind of abandoning their lives in a way like selling off their things like getting ready for him to come back
0: Mm -hmm. there was some of that
1: so there's it's almost like this idea of they were stopping or like putting their life on hold to wait for Jesus, and yeah. right before this, in the in the verses leading up to thirteen, Paul's saying like actually continue working, yeah. work with your hands, do life. Please do don't thing. quit your job. Yeah, like keep going while we wait.
2: Which is a conflict for Paul because mm-hmm. I think Paul felt the same way
1: mm-hmm. that he
2: he believed that he would live to see the return
0: of Christ. Well, he even makes reference to that. Yeah, um, I can't remember where now, but he he seemed to be bothered by the fact that he was slow he was that it wasn't happening like Mm -hmm. wait a minute
2: you can see that in some of the timothy paul's at the end of his life well shoot well i guess i'll have to change directions here
0: (laughs) which without going down a huge rabbit hole it's one of those should be a good lesson to anybody who wants to try to interpret uh, Mm -hmm. when's jesus coming back just don't go there
2: well, and it's also a lesson, too, in that Paul doesn't know everything. Right. You know, yeah. uh, is he an inspired <laughs> yeah. apostle? For sure. But that doesn't mean he has, oh, he has all the head windows head. open. Into, he's, he's not actually Jesus. No. And even Jesus was like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> even I if I did. I don't know if Jesus was just you. saying
2: that to get people off, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like the Sam Kennison joke. I can't believe I'm referencing Sam Kennison But oh, where he talks about here we go. He says like Jesus had to have his off days, you know, like he's in the bar and then the blind guy comes in and goes, Is Jesus here? And Jesus is in the corner, like, Shh I'm not here. Uh.
1: I just can't today.
2: I can't I can't even with this guy. You can't even You never saw me. So with that Um I think it would be good here too just to mention like the Jewish ideas about resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um not every Jew believed in that, but the predominant view of resurrection among the Jewish community was that there was a day of resurrection in the mm-hmm. future where everyone would rise um, at once. So the fact that Jesus rose singularly is, is problematic.
0: Um, yeah and it's also it's important that when you, when you hear that term resurrection, it's not talk, like when Jesus raised Lazarus, that's not resurrection. that's mm-hmm. raising a guy from the dead who will die again. Mm-hmm. Resurrection in this sense is this eternal... Yeah. Re- God putting a new creation, like setting things, everything back to yeah. a kind of a hard reset and everyone getting a body that will live forever. And I
2: Jesus think. encounters that thought process in the <clears throat> Lazarus story the last, because yep. both sisters are like, or I think it's just Mary. I can't remember, but one we of them like, yeah, we know he'll raise from the dead... You know, in that in one day, um, Jesus doesn't get into it with her at that point. You just like, yeah, right.
0: And if you want to see where some of that comes from, read Ezekiel, particularly. Or was the look, Dead Sea Scrolls a lot of, a lot of what we, what Jesus, where that resurrection belief came from arose a lot out of writings of the prophets, mm-hmm. specifically Ezekiel, had, like mm-hmm. he talks about the valley of the dry bones and God raising them back up. Um, that's where a lot of the proto-resurrection yeah. comes from. And that was actually, in the, even in the course of if you, the Jewish history at the time, the history of Israel, resurrection was a kind of novel idea. It had mm-hmm. only been around for a couple hundred years in the course of a few thousand. Mm-hmm. So,
2: And it really comes to light again in the Dead Sea Scroll writings, which, which are in part commentaries on
1: Old, mm-hmm. Old Testament
2: mm-hmm. writings but you start to see this idea of like the Messiah and the resurrection and the battle for good and evil and all these metaphors metaphors, metaphors. 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 Uh, oh, goodness. so anyway but yeah so I mean the Thessalonians are struggling with well, what do we do because Pop Pop died mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus didn't return yet and you know so Paul has to speak to this which is Weird, and I do like that he, the next part, which again is not too difficult, he he talks about grieving, but not without hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's you know there's two ways to grieve for Paul. There's grieving that has no uh, bottom, and uh, there's no way out of it. Um, and then there's grieving mm-hmm. with hope. We shouldn't take this line. Of Paul's to mean don't grieve. That's not what he's saying. No, yeah. he's just saying learn how to grieve in partnership with some sort of silver mm-hmm. lining, you know. And grieving is a is a deeply Jewish practice, especially around funerals, because funerals were, you know, a week long, and if you had money, you hired people to come and grieve. Yeah, <laughs> which is at Lazarus's funeral. Yeah, that's what uh, all that. Yeah, we see all these people that had come just to wail, you know. It's really funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, it had a performative. Yeah. Um,
2: but to sit shiva with a family was to sit and grieve, which is also a deeply deep South practice, you know, of like you the, just come and
0: sit with somebody
2: sitting up with the dead, as they mm-hmm. call it. And um, great Louis Ginzburg story, by the way. Yeah, that We're, is a good one. Where they had strapped. We can't talk about that on this. <laughs> but the body sat up okay. in the coffin.
0: Yeah incredible
2: I I gotta look it up (laughs) but uh yeah so that being said then Paul gets into what appears to be a Bob Dylan song Mm -hmm. about the second coming yeah the return of Jesus um and it's a real quickly I I think this has been a confusion for people but let me pull this up on the text um the return of Christ is never referred to in the Bible as either the like the the what do they call that the rapture? The rapture. No, never um, ever ever, you know, or anything like that. But it's always phrased in this Greek word, the parousia, which means simply presence. So the 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 coming presence of Jesus is what all of this like second coming language is really about. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's hard because, and we'll see this in in what Paul tries to do with all the different metaphors. Um, Once you start using language to describe the indescribable, you're already deficient. Yeah. Yeah. So it it it. doesn't do much good to try to pick it apart too much. Um, But that being said, uh, take, take it away, Joel.
0: Well, first of all, the idea, what we call the rapture is a very new... Uh, understanding of it and it's it's not listed in scri- in scripture itself now there are some bibles uh, the Sco i think the schofield reference bible has something where it says jesus predicts the rapture mm-hmm. but it doesn't say rapture in the text that's just something they put on there just, and where that comes from we're
1: reading back into the text yeah we think. there
0: was a revival in glasgow in 1820 glasgow. and around 1820 and there was a teenage girl there who had this kind of frenzied vision about Jesus returning and taking people back up and she gave she told it to um, this priest named Darby who was of the Plymouth Brethren who was one of the founders I think he was one of the founders of the Plymouth Brethren and he began reading it back into uh, texts like Matthew 24 and this text here and then he got connected when he came to America to Dwight Moody of the Moody Bible Institute Mm -hmm. anyway Prior to about the 1820s, that was just not what people read this as. And it's not really what the text is saying. But then to get to the the mixing metaphors, metaphors, um, Paul's using, uh, he's making reference to Moses coming down from Sinai with the Torah. Mm-hmm. He's making echoes of Daniel 7 mm-hmm. uh, to give people, Christians, hope and being persecuted for the faith. And then the parousia or parousia, um, which is what would happen it was the going to meet the emperor and escorting him back to so it's it's this whole idea of a a king coming Mm -hmm. going to meet him but not going away with him but actually welcoming him back into Mm -hmm. the city and so that's it's not this idea of going and disappearing with Jesus but it's the idea of going and welcoming Jesus back into new creation Uh, and then when you get into Jesus makes reference to Noah and this idea of people being taken away and not being taken away. In that reference, the people who are taken away are the bad ones, mm-hmm. the people who are uh, swept away by the flood, mm-hmm. and if you're left behind, it's because yeah. you were spared. And so the whole idea of left behind and rapture and all that is either reversing what the Bible actually says, yeah. or just reading into it what's not there in the first place. Yeah.
1: Well, there's still, I think in us <clears throat> reading the New Testament, if we don't have a strong knowledge of the old testament or the hebrew bible whichever way you want to refer to it like we miss so much yeah like all those metaphors that you just said if you don't know any of those stories you don't read those into the new testament which is how mm-hmm. paul was writing because yeah. he's writing with those old scriptures in mind not the future and what we might right. see it as
0: yeah and his audience would have caught on to things that it's harder for us to get because we're reading it in English mm-hmm. you know 2,000 years later then I mean they're reading it in their original language and they're much more mm-hmm. they're much more connected to their religious text than, than we tend to be to our detriment
2: and one of the great things about because Paul does mix metaphors a lot um, I think in our passage next week he mixes three of them and the the But one of the things to take from that is, we're not reading, particularly in this text, we're not reading a literal play-by-play of what is to happen, but an imaginary, not in the sense that it isn't real, but like the words are imagining um, like like the power of the return and the significance of the return of Christ. Not so much a play-by-play, click-by-click, this is what's gonna happen, you know, he's using, as you pointed out, he's using different sets of language and images to describe something that's really special. Mm-hmm. And um, and we that's one of the things when reading the Bible, like you should, you should get to a place eventually where you recognize the breaks where we have yeah. in the first part of this passage. It's clearly just Paul addressing an issue, and then all of a sudden he falls into this very imaginative descriptive poetic kind of thing and it's like well that must be something different.
0: Yeah, and what's the other thing the what part of the genius of Paul is that he does use metaphors well, but in doing that he's also that's also that was a common rhetorical practice was yeah. to mix metaphors and and to, and to use common events and understandings to paint a different kind of picture. And especially when you're dealing with something as complex and mysterious as what he's talking about, um, there's not one set of metaphors that will work.
1: Well, it's because he's trying to explain something and describe something that we have no idea Mm -hmm. what it's actually going to be like. What is is it going to look like? And he
0: really doesn't either.
1: What's going to happen? Um, Yeah,
0: no one has the tape. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love this quote uh, by A.W. Tozer. um, And he says... We learn uh, by using what we already know as a bridge over which we pass to the unknown. It is not possible for the mind to crash suddenly past the familiar into the totally unfamiliar, even the most vigorous and daring mind is unable to create something out of nothing by a spontaneous act of imagination. So we have to use things that we're familiar with, things that we've seen, to explain something that we've never seen. Right. and. That gets—I mean—that's hard. That's really hard. And then, of course, there's going, there's going to be the possibility of misunderstanding by someone who, two thousand years later, is reading what you wrote to a totally different group of people. That's that's why. Totally different time.
0: It doesn't do any good to imagine heaven with literal streets of gold. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just (laughs) learn, learn metaphor, and learn simile, and learn, like, yeah. But remember too, like the resurrection of
2: Jesus was a a head trip for the disciples um, because they had to reckon with their understandings of the resurrection. Yeah. We have a singular resurrection in our presence. And again, this is someone who has returned from death. Again, there's no way to explain that. And, And they had to figure out how, they had to figure out what that meant. Now, the Gospels don't tell us what it means except through... Some metaphor, um, but it's Paul that comes along and gives it like fleshes it out, he fleshes it out in first Corinthians 15, which seems to be the oldest like resurrection text in terms of. I mean, he talked about the resurrection here, but he explains what it means in first Corinthians 15, and um, but yeah, I mean, it early Christians had to wrestle with. How does, how does the resurrection of Jesus provide for us a future hope in the current world in which we're living, which involves a lot of grieving, involves a lot of mm-hmm. sorrow? And whatever we think of our current state uh, here in U.S. America, if, if you can go back in time and, and see the historical context in which the early Christians lived, it, the only word that you would come up with is barbaric. Mm-hmm. And it, you would find it unlivable, and so it doesn't—it doesn't relate to us in any way in no. terms of like what they experienced, not just them but everybody. And so it's—it's it's very hard for us to uh, imagine what that was like. But yet Paul is inserting, well, the resurrection gives us hope beyond not just the grave, but beyond all of this the trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's—I mean, I think part of the hope is that. Jesus, Jesus's resurrection is the, he's the firstborn from the dead. If there's a firstborn, that means that there are mm-hmm. others to come, and the and meaning us. And so, it's a paradigm shift, and it's it's this signifier that uh, death is not the end of the story, mm-hmm. and that there not only do our souls get to be with Jesus, but there's this idea that creation will be restored to how it was intended in the very beginning mm-hmm. and jesus's resurrection is kind of the the forerunner to that it's the it's the new pattern it's the um the kind of once and future like yeah this it's happened now but it will happen again for all of you and yeah whatever trouble you face wh- and and whatever um whatever fear you have of death uh it's perfectly fine to fear it and be uh a, you know, apprehensive about it because it's not what god wanted but Mm -hmm. it's not the it doesn't have the final word life christ's resurrection yeah victory has the final word
1: and that hope in us in our like now we're waiting and watching and obviously there's the grief like we're talking about Mm -hmm. if we lose someone or if we see the pain in the world like those things should grieve us they should make us sad and upset um, and I think this was Eugene Peterson I used a few weeks ago when we were talking about hope as well but um, believing God is actively involved in his creation and vigorously at work in redemption mm-hmm. and that's, that's what we're waiting for in this idea of Jesus return and it not being the rapture but his presence the actual word that's in the text his presence coming back that's mm-hmm. what we're waiting for yeah. and the healing that that's going to bring the
0: earth to the Mm -hmm.
2: world yeah i had a professor tell me once that the resurrection is the end of the story that was pushed back to the middle
0: yeah and
2: uh (laughs) so the middle got to see the end and then that gives us the the language of faith that we move through life with until the end and so um yeah so the first the first viewers of the resurrection were super blessed and lucky
0: that's like an overture before a symphony, yeah, like it's, it's he's giving you the theme. Listen for this later. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, so, yeah, well, that's all I've got. Anything, anything else? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I think
1: that's pretty good. Man, the last
2: two have been kind of short. Yeah, no complaints
0: though. On Don't the be scared section. when you read it.
1: <laughs> Don't be scared. Yeah, just this Don't is a message.
0: This is a message of hope, not of fear. But
2: to Lindsay's point, I mean, this is true. Like. Earlier when you were saying, if you don't know the whole corpus of the Bible, it makes these things difficult. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the funny thing we say around here is the Bible should be read with supervision or not without (laughs) supervision. And so it is good to have people around you that know the text a little better. So, Mm -hmm. well, with that, we'll sign off and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week. Later on, y'all.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Deep Cut. If you'd like more episodes, want to listen through our Archives of Sermon series, or if you're in the Atlanta area and want to learn more about ACC's mission and ministry, you can find us online at www.atlantachristianchurch.org or follow us on Instagram at the handle Church. Special thanks to Jeff Box and Dave Hick for our musical themes, and thanks again to you for listening. We'll be back next week, but until then, y'all have a good one and go with Christ. Grace and peace, and we will see you soon.